This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. Hey everybody, it's Don LaGreca with the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. Now, it's a big story and I think it needs to be talked about at length, all right? You heard the reports that ESPN is back with hockey, seven-year deal, four Stanley Cup finals, and a major exposure on ESPN+. Plus. Now, pros and cons. All right, listen, I work at ESPN. I've worked at ESPN for over 20, or going on 20 years. And thanks to everybody out there that's really pushing for me to get a job doing the NHL on ESPN. And that would be a dream come true. And we'll see what happens. I would love the opportunity. But that said, there's a lot of things to discuss, pros and cons of this, all right? Now, I've been somebody that's followed hockey my entire life, and I remember ESPN and the fabulous job they did covering hockey for all those years. And, of course, the relationship ended, and it ended bitterly at the end of the 04 Stanley Cup Final. And you could say, well, the lockout was what deteriorated the relationship. No, it was dying way before then. And one of the reasons it died is because, let's face it, ESPN's profile grew and grew. Their relationship with the NBA was something that was very important, the NFL very important, and hockey just wasn't important to ESPN anymore because, let's face it, hockey was starting to die at the end of ESPN and ABC's contract. That's why we had the lockout. The game was stifling defensively. Right, A lot of the stars were gone. Gretzky was gone. Lemieux was gone. And it was starting to look like the NHL was kind of starting from scratch. And they came out of the lockout a better sport. The elimination of the red line, uh, getting rid of the clutching and the grabbing, make it more of an offensive sport. Uh, the dawn of Crosby and Ovechkin really, I think, made the NHL come of age. And it was kind of stagnant at the end of ESPN's deal. And you know, ESPN wasn't going to do NHL tonight anymore on ESPN2. ESPN kind of outgrew hockey, and hockey was really in a bad place at the time. It's in a much better place now. And one of the reasons it's in a much better place, let's be fair, is the relationship with NBC. Say what you want about NBC as far as their profile is concerned compared to ESPN. But whether it's the start with OLN, which was kind of embarrassing, you're on OLN and you're not on ESPN anymore, but they were committed to the sport. Even still, as the contract is coming to an end, NBC Sportsnet covers a lot of games. They really do. More games than ESPN ever covered. So they really did right by the sport. They really did. And the great hirings of bringing back Mike Emmerich and, and Eddie O growing into one of the best analysts in the sport. And whether you love him or hate him, the growth of Pierre Maguire and his exposure all came with NBC. And they did a tremendous job covering. And they may still continue to do one because they're not out of it yet. There's still room for another network to come in here with ESPN. Could be Fox, could be CBS, but NBC can come back. But with the deterioration of NBC Sports Network and things moving to USA uh, and a lot of things probably shifting to Peacock, like ESPN is going to put a lot of hockey on ESPN+, Plus, the landscape has certainly changed. But NBC did a terrific job. And NBC losing hockey, if they do, can be a blow just for that exposure because they really put the NHL at a very high level compared to the other things that they had. I mean, they I think they treated it better than NASCAR. I think they treated it better than soccer. It became, outside of football, which they have on Sunday nights, maybe their second biggest sports product. And, and so they definitely did right by NBC. But ESPN, whether you love us or hate us, is the network for sports, period. 
And quite frankly, it was a little embarrassing that the one sport that they didn't cover, the one league that they didn't have, was the NHL. They've got baseball. They've got basketball. They've got football. They've got soccer. Didn't have hockey. And it hurt. It hurt the sport. It hurt the legitimacy of the sport that ESPN just didn't cover it. Now, just because they get into this deal doesn't mean all of a sudden they're going to lead Sports Center with highlights of Columbus, Nashville. It's not going to be like that. But I just think putting it on that kind of profile is important. And why is it important? Because, listen, just the reaction people had yesterday when that news broke. Gary Thorne and Bill Clement haven't called a game together since Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final between the Flames and the Lightning back in 2004. All right? That was a long time ago. That's 17 years ago. And yet, it's still relevant because that's how high profile ESPN and ABC was back in the day. That music hasn't been played. There you go. Attached to an NHL game in 17 years. And yet it's still relevant because whether you love or hate ESPN, it is the home for sports. And having hockey back on that platform is going to be good. It's just going to be. And ESPN wants it. Now, are they going to pay for it the way they pay for the NBA, Major League Baseball, or the NFL? Of course not. But they want it, and they understand the significance of it. So I think this is a good thing for the sport. Having multiple outlets is a good thing for the sport. Having people like Steve Levy and John Butchergrass, who are huge hockey fans that are still at ESPN, working talking hockey is going to be a big deal so as from a nostalgia standpoint a legitimacy standpoint and just doing a good job because every time espn touches something they do the best job they can do and put their best foot forward with it and i think in a perfect world having nbc continue because again nbc has done a tremendous job whether it's john forslund whether it's kenny albert you go back to mike emmerich who still does the occasional thing for for nbc and the job that brian boucher has done and pierre mcguire has done i mean there's so many great people to work at NBC I'd like to see them get involved as well but as somebody that's got hockey pumping through his blood and through his veins this is a big day just to have people clamoring for the NHL and having it back on some sort of a platform and I think that's very very important so I got a lot of people and the reason I wanted to open with this and discuss this is because when I looked at my tweets today uh, hashtag game misconduct a lot of reaction to this and a lot of people just asking and wanting to know more about this uh, television contract and you look at troy what are your thoughts on the nhl returning to espn reports indicate that nbc will retain some broadcasting rights what can we expect to see on tv next season sunday afternoon and wednesday night games on espn plus an nbc network and espn i I think you're going to see i think you're going to see a couple of more games on abc I think you will see a lot on ESPN, too. I don't know how much they'll put on actual ESPN, but it, everybody has ESPN, too. Everybody has ABC, so that's going to help. But I do think you're going to see a lot of games on ESPN+. Plus. Right now, ESPN+, Plus does carry games, but they'll take the local feed. Now I think you'll see ESPN Plus carry a game with their own announcers, with the ESPN graphics, with the ESPN sound. I think that is going to be 
where you're going to see a lot of action and where you're going to see maybe a bulk of it on ESPN+. And I think that's where the sport is going. I think that NBC, if they retain the rights or had retained exclusive rights, they were going to move a lot of things to Peacock because that's where 21st century sports broadcasting is going. It's going to apps. It's going to streaming. And I think that's where you're going to see a lot of these games. Uh, will they put an NHL tonight on ESPN2, on ESPN? Probably not, but I think you will see. They already have programming on ESPN+. Plus. I think you will see a daily show involved with that. I know Linda Cohen does a great show already. Um, so I think you'll just see a lot of what ESPN is already doing, but in a much higher rate and much higher profile. ESPN's got a lot of products, right? I mean, they've got a lot of balls in the, uh, up in the air as far as you know, broadcasting baseball games, broadcasting basketball games, college basketball, college football. But there will be a platform and there will be games. They did it before and, and, and they'll do it again. Um, David says, exciting news about broadcast agreement with ESPN. I personally wasn't into hockey at the time ESPN last had the rights. And the only thing I know of the era is the NHL on ESPN music theme. What's your memories of ESPN NHL era? Uh, great question. And again, that music was always very important. But, you know, I go back to Tom Meads and what he did as far as hosting was concerned and how you knew it was an important game when he was back at the studio. Gary Thorne and Bill Clement. Gary Thorne, growing up a devil fan was the announcer on television and then uh, he went on to do the devils um he went on to do national stuff and 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 him calling a game was huge i'm some of those memories of the devils winning the stanley cup in 2003 i was on the road for calgary and tampa and, and getting a chance to see him and how he worked with bill clement bill clement amazing the games he did with doc emmerich uh back in in the 80s when espn had it there's just so many great personalities that i remember and you know John Butchergrass hosting ESPN uh, tonight. Uh, Ray Ferraro, uh, Chicken Parm. He was nicknamed Chicken Parm because that's the only thing he'd eat in Bristol. <laughs> the only place that he liked was a uh, an Italian restaurant or a pizzeria that made a great Chicken Parm, and that became his nickname. You know Barry Melrose, the rise of Barry Melrose as a commentator. Uh, you couldn't you think about the Stanley Cup final even after ESPN lost the rights without going to the arena and seeing Steve Levy and Barry Melrose. E.J. Raddick, working for ESPN the magazine, getting to do a lot of stuff on uh, ESPN2, working with Barry Melrose, covering a lot of those Stanley Cup finals. So I have just so many memories of ESPN, even before I started working at ESPN. So I think it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a significant moment. It really is. Now, obviously, nothing has come down 100% yet. It hasn't been officially announced, but talking to people today, it is all but official, and it should be official this week. So pretty cool that ESPN is going to get back into the fold. And I think people will certainly enjoy the coverage. And I really hope that I get an opportunity uh, to be a part of it. All right, you take a look at the games last night and Rangers lose to the Penguins. And, you know, right now the Rangers just miss Panarin, right? They're a team that's just longing for goals. Forget about the 12 they scored against New Jersey. It's a different animal. But going up against Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's now healthy on the blue line. They just hunger for goals in those two games. And you can't tell me that Artemi Panarin on the ice would not have had some sort of positive effect and maybe stealing one of those two games in Pittsburgh. Panarin's back on the ice now. Looks like he's closer to actually joining. And now we can judge the Rangers, right? I know Ranger fans are disappointed, and I get a slew of people on Twitter, fire David Quinn, what's wrong with this team? I'm not here to make excuses. This team has underachieved in my mind. I thought this team would be a little bit more competitive for a playoff spot. But 
you know, you go 10 games without Panarin. You go eight games without Truba. You go 14 games without Heedle. All right? Uh, they've had so many injuries. They have not, I think, gotten the goaltending we thought. It hasn't been bad, but I thought, you know, Shesterkin was going to play at a much better clip than he's played. Georgiev is going to play at a much better clip. But now you get Panarin back. Zabanajad looks like he's starting to play better. Now you're going to see what the Rangers really can be moving forward. Lafaniere is going to get better. Kako is going to get better. Uh, Adam Fox has been tremendous, right? I mean, you went out and traded for Truba for a reason. So when you play without these guys and you get an underachieving Zabanajad, what do you expect their record to be? It's going to be average. And right now, a game under NHL 500. But with Zabanajad playing better, Truba back, Kako's back from COVID protocol, Heedle's now played a few games and has looked good. Uh, there's there's a lot now that you can really judge in the second half of the season. Is it going to be enough for them to make the playoffs? No, it's not. They're not a playoff team. I'm not even sure Pittsburgh's a playoff team, right? And I think right now Pittsburgh, healthy, is a much better team than the Rangers are. So just use what you have left of this season to get better. I think you just got to adjust. You know, with the Knicks in the NBA, you're adjusting maybe – uh, your expectations even higher because the team has played so well. With the Rangers, I think you've got to adjust your expectations a little lower. All right, the playoffs aren't going to happen. But that doesn't mean in these final 30-some-odd games you can't play better, and then maybe by the time you get to May, you'll say, we didn't make the playoffs, but look how much better we are. Look how much more we improved during the course of the season. And then next year, all excuses are done, Right. Now you can really hit the ground running for next year. I know that's frustrating because this team has not made the playoffs. If they don't make the playoffs this year, three consecutive seasons. Because let's face it, last year was a qualifying round and you didn't win a game. So they were not a playoff team last year. They weren't a playoff team the year before that. You know, So it'll be four straight years out of the playoffs, three with David Quinn. But you know, there's a lot of extenuating circumstances and you just want to see this team get better. And I think they've got a chance to get better islanders own the bruins i can't figure it out bruins want no part of the devils or the islanders but the islanders get the shootout win now they've won six in a row continue to be in first place i get they've played a lot against the sabers i get that they played more games than any team in the division i think the islanders right now are the best team pound for pound in this division all right. They may not have the offensive talent that Boston has, that Philadelphia has, that Washington has, that even Pittsburgh has. But they've got structure, which is important come playoff time. And I think that they've got the goaltending. They've got the coaching. I think the Islanders, regardless of where they finish, obviously they got to finish in the top four to make the playoffs. But regardless of where they finish, I think they are coming out of the East. I think they're that good. Capitals, bad. now they won the game in overtime. Verona's been a, a savior for them. But you, know, you can't blow a three-goal lead against New Jersey in the, in the third period. Now, they got away with it because they don't care that they gave the Devils a point because they're not really competing with the Devils for a playoff spot. But the Capitals escape, but it's concerning. Uh, Sabres give the Flyers trouble for some reason, but the Flyers do come away. I lost my ice pick with that, but I lost that in the first period when the Sabres were up 3-1 after 20. But they fight back and they get the victory in the shootout, and that's important. Hurricanes continue to march forward, beat the Predators 3-2. Panthers, same thing, beat the Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets coming back down to earth after a couple of wins in a row. We'll keep an eye on Tortorella. Matthews with a couple of goals. Not enough. Jets win 4-3. Keep an eye on this Winnipeg team. It's been all about Toronto in that division, but Winnipeg, to me is very dangerous i think winnipeg is the team that stands between the leafs and winning this conference or winning this division or getting to the final four we forget that they're not that far removed from the jets going to the conference final right hollabuck has played better all right 
they've got kind of a nondescript blue line, but a blue line that does their job, and they've got enough forwards to supply offense. Lightning toy with people at this point. Uh, They were down against the Red Wings, but I watched a lot of this third period. There was never a moment, even when they were down 3-2, that you thought the Lightning were not going to win this game. So, listen, you play Detroit. Sometimes you're just not going to be completely engaged. But they've won eight of their last ten. They've got points in nine of their last ten. They have now taken over first place in the Central Division. When you think about the Central, and, you know, Nashville has struggled, Dallas has struggled, Detroit has struggled. But when you look at the top, Tampa, one of the best teams in the NHL. Carolina playing terrific. They've won six in a row. Florida has played terrific. They've kind of calmed down here, 5-3-2, and two in their last 10, but they're still 36 points, 16 wins. They've been terrific on the road, 9-2-1. and one. Chicago is overachieved, and maybe they're coming back down to earth, but they've gotten enough of a cushion where I think Chicago could still make the playoffs. They're top-heavy, but those at least three of those four teams, to me, are legit. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of fun watching who comes out of that conference. But honestly, when it's all said and done, tell me that Tampa isn't the best team in the National Hockey League. I might be giving something away uh, for what's going to be happening on Friday with my top five, and it might be Tampa number one for the rest of the year. Uh, Five games tonight. Uh, Vegas will be in Minnesota to take on the Wild. Minnesota's been a terrific story this year. Everson has done a great job there in Minnesota. Ottawa and Edmonton, that should be fun at 8 o'clock. At 9 o'clock, the Coyotes and the Avalanche. We're still waiting for the Avalanche to kind of get in gear here, right? It was everybody's sweet pick to be able to make it and win the Cup. They've been very average of late. They've been very average overall, and they need to be careful, right? they got a couple of games in hand on Arizona, but Arizona's been getting goaltending. They're playing well. They've won a couple of games in a row. Colorado needs to be careful. We can't be talking about this team maybe missing the playoffs, and they can if they don't get their act together. So that's a big game tonight with the Coyotes at home and at 9.30, Kings and the Ducks. And for some reason, at 11 o'clock tonight, if you're, if you're a Canadians fan on the East Coast like my wife, you're going to be a little blurry-eyed. 11 o'clock face-off between Montreal and Vancouver. And that's a big game because Vancouver's starting to gain some traction now. Um, they're right now just um, three points out of a playoff spot. But here's the situation with them. Minus 11 goal differential, and they've played more games than any team in the National Hockey League. Tonight will be their 30th game. And for Montreal, it'll be their 25th. And still, Vancouver's on the outside looking in. So they're going to have to try to continue to win games. Otherwise, they're going to just bury themselves because they're going to be sitting idle while all the other teams in the division are going to be gaining points. So for Vancouver to have played more games than any team in the NHL, not be in the playoffs in a minus 11 goal differential, they're not making the playoffs. But they've won three in a row, and they're almost to the point now where they're going to have to probably rattle off seven, eight, nine wins in their next ten if this team is going to make the playoffs. So let's hear from you at Don. LaGreca hashtag game misconduct. Brett says, why are the Rangers so committed to Brett Howden? I've watched nearly every game and he always seems to be non-existent. Well, here's the thing with Howden. He's, he's nothing more than a third or fourth line center. And that's okay. That's okay. But I think when he first came up and because he was so young, I think there were a lot of expectations he'd be more than that. He has settled into being a third or fourth line center, a guy that can kill penalties, win some face-offs. You just have to adjust that you're, you're not going to get much more than that. But what you are getting is still something that's going to be needed. Uh, Tony says, where, where, where is your guess on where Taylor Hall is going to end up? God only knows, right? He signed, this, he signed this one-year deal with the Sabres, and here was his thinking, all right? 
Sabres are not good, but there's a lot of offensive firepower. I can play with Skinner. I can play with Eichel. Uh, Eric Stahl signed there. I've got good puck-moving defensemen. I'm going to load up on a bunch of points, and I'm going to get a big contract. He's not. So he's had his hand right now. I mean, this is a former MVP. This is a former first overall draft pick. But where he's going to end up, he's not going to have his pick of places like he thought, unless he turns it up here. Jonathan says, Rangers did good this past week, one and one, but yesterday we lost bad. What are some things we can change? Well, the change is to just get better, right? Yeah, listen, they lost 5-1 um, the, the game uh, earlier this week. I guess it was on Sunday. That a couple of goals late. They were, that was a 3-1 game where the Rangers just couldn't muster any offense. Same last night, right? They, they got the second goal, but after they were down by two. You're going to get Panarin back, and he's your best player. So let's judge it when they get Panarin back. Zabanajad is going to be play play better in the second half of the season. Is he going to salvage it and have numbers compared to the last couple of years? No, but he's going to be better. Then we can kind of judge. But when you're talking about, boy, the Rangers really struggled offensively. Well, yeah, you're getting nothing from Zabanajad, and your best players missed. You know, and, and they were out Heedle for a long time, and they were out Truba for a long time, and. So I think, listen, are they going to be the best offensive team in the league? Are they going to be Tampa? Are they going to be Edmonton? No. But what they're going to be is better when they get everybody back healthy and back on the ice. Christopher says, Don LaGreca is whichever team that comes out of the East, the odds on favorite to win the Cup. Yeah. Uh, you, you look at the teams. Like right now, Tampa's the best team in the NHL, right? So I don't think there's a team in the West. You know, Vegas is good, and I, Vegas can give them a run. You know, I think Colorado is going to be better. But, yeah, I mean, whether it's the Islanders, whether it's Tampa, whether it's Boston, right, whether it's uh, Toronto, yeah, I, I think the odds-on favorite is coming out of these. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, but I think uh, that's going to be the odds-on. Vet6971 says, why is Howden playing? He's an absolute zero, again, offensively, but he, he deserves his playing time for where he is. Richard says, hey, Don, how good is Barry Trotz? Yes or no? Come on, no hedging. Would the Caps have won more than one cup if they hadn't let Barry walk? Would the Islanders be in first place without him? The answer is yes, the Capitals would have been in contention for more cups, and no, the Islanders wouldn't be where they are. And I love Lou Lamarillo, and I love what they have. Barry Trotz is significantly better than a lot of other coaches in this league, okay? Barry Trotz is right up there with the best. I mean, who who are the best coaches in the league, right? When you look at guys that have won cups, um, Joel Quinville, what he's doing in Florida. Uh, Tortorella's won a cup and what's happening uh, with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Elaine Vigneault has taken two different teams to the Stanley Cup Final and what he's done uh, in Philadelphia. Barry Trotz is the gold standard to me. He did a terrific job in Nashville with an expansion team, right? Wins a cup in Washington when nobody else was able to do that. You know, and now he's got the Islanders in a conversation among the best teams in the league when 20 years they were in no man's land. I, I, I cannot even put into words how significant Barry Trotz is. And why? Because Barry comes in with a system. Everybody buys in because it's worked in multiple places, and that's why the Islanders are where they are. Tommy says, Don, got a list of ideas for you. Top five defensive pairings of the salary cap era. Keith and Seabrook, the obvious number one, but who else? Lidstrom, Rafalski, uh, Stahl, Girardi, good pair. I'd have to think about that. During the cap era, you look at great defensive pairings, and I'd have to really, really take a look at that. I mean, who? Uh, just off the top of my head, who is... Who was Dowdy playing with in Los Angeles when they won their two cups, right? Uh, Chicago obviously won multiple cups. You know, um, 
you know, McAvoy and, and Chara were terrific, even though McAvoy was just a kid. I really have to think about that. That's a good one. I love Tommy. He throws up so many great things here on Twitter. Uh, Steve says, hey, Don, longtime listener and tweeter of the pod, do the Rangers trade for a goalie? No, I don't think they'll trade for a goalie. Georgiev needs playing time. Shostorkin's number one. Um, I like what Kincaid did last night and in relief on Sunday. Just not enough offense to really help. They're not, not going to trade for a goaltender, I wouldn't think. Um, the Deacon goes back to the TV stuff. If rumors about ESPN having the NHL for the next seven years, does that mean we get you on television for national games? Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm so excited at the possibility. Well, thank you. Uh, we will see. We will see. But that uh, I would love to see that happen all right we got to as many of the tweets as we could i gotta get ready for the michael k show but this was fun and we're gonna try this again on friday we'll have the top five of the week so i can get abused kind of set up you for the weekend as we get deeper into march closer to the trading deadline and we'll find out where everybody is sitting and where we are so thanks this was a lot of fun we'll be back with you again on friday this was the wednesday edition of game misconduct this is the game misconduct podcast with don mcgrecca